Welcome to the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast presented by Fishhawk Electronics. If you're looking for news, tips, and stories about fishing the Great Lakes, you've come to the right place. And now your host, Chris Larson. Hello and welcome to the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast. Captain Pete Alex from Vision Quest Sport Fishing joins the show for episode number 147. We hit a multitude of topics, including Lake Erie Steelhead and Presque Isle Bay, and Lake Ontario salmon and trout fishing out of Wilson, New York. This is a conversation from February's virtual Great Lakes Fishing Show. I've got Captain Pete Alex with me tonight from Vision Quest Sport Fishing. Pete, how you doing? Good evening, Chris. Good to be here. So you just sat down at a round table here. You, you literally just walked in a few minutes before the show yep. went on air. Uh, what were you talking about tonight? We're talking about spring brought, uh, brown trout tactics, Lake Ontario, of course. Okay. And that's something that I've already seen guys out doing that already. I know there's some issues with runoff uh, that has kind of muddied up the waters, if you will. But uh, I know there's people out there that have already been catching fish. I saw Hajeki's already been out yeah. on Ontario taking some clients out. Uh, tell me about that spring bite and what that's like. Spring bite for brown trout is, uh, you know, you're going to want to find the right water color. That's probably the, the most key to that. You know, the water's cold. You're going to find cold water everywhere. If you could find a, a little bit warmer water, right, or some transition water from cold to warm, mm -hmm. that would be one place to key in. But you're going to want to find uh, some decent color water. You know, mud water is tough to catch these fish in, especially right now. They're not as fast moving. They're not going to chase. They're not really aggressive because of the water temperatures. So you're going to want to find that, you know, basically a green to a light brown colored water. That's probably the most key element to catching these fish right now. So people always say dirty water, but it can't be too dirty. You no. need it kind of look medium dirty. No, and, and there was, a, you know, even Rick was out recently. He had to pull, pull lines and run 12 miles because he was trying to, you know, butt his head and butt his head into that dirty water too long to try and pull these fish, and mm -hmm. they just don't go very good. And then another, you know, another one of my peers was out brown trout fishing also banged his head in that brown water all day and uh, didn't have a very good day. Pete, you've got boats uh, in Wilson, and you also have boats on Lake Erie. So tell me about your uh, outfit or your charter and kind of how it works and, and where you're fishing. Well, the Wilson Wilson fishery is going to start for me sometime in April, probably the third week in April. Lake Erie fishing, I'm actually going to start in March in Presque Isle Bay, mm -hmm. right out of Erie, Pennsylvania. So I'll put my 27th year in again sometime in March, and I'll fish that first uh, up to about the two weeks in April, maybe into the third, and basically pull that boat out of the water and then transition up to Lake Ontario. Okay. And that Presque Isle Bay, is that a lake trout bite, or what are you chasing? That's all steelhead okay. in there and the occasional brown trout. Okay. But we do have... The opportunity, uh, like our lake trout fishery is starting to kick in then also. Mm -hmm. So if we leave the, the protection of Presque Isle Bay, uh, about 8 to 10 miles east of Erie, we can find lakers, whether they're in uh, 30 to 50 foot of water or they're going to be out in the uh, what we call a second set of 50s, which is about four and a half miles off the shoreline. They're going to be in one or two places. So we might dabble with them if we get the right lake conditions but we get a lot of wind that time of year mm -hmm. so it's prohibitive to, to fish in a lake a lot so we have that protection of Presque Isle Bay which helps so us. That keeps you from having the blow off days so is it pretty yep. solid as far as booking a date there you're going to get the fish? Right. 
we don't run a lot of trips that early. We run a couple trips, few trips. Mm -hmm. That's all. Tell me about what that program looks like, Steelhead and Lake Erie and that Crocodile Bay. And that's a, I'm assuming that's a spoon program then? We're going to run spoons off our divers, spoons off our riggers. Mm -hmm. And then our planer board program is going to consist typically of a side, which is usually four rods with stick baits, shallow running stick baits, the three-inch variety, not too big, hot colors with some natural colors. You know, everybody likes having the pictures with the giant kings in the summer. Right. But, I mean, if you're looking for table fare, it's hard to beat those those steelhead in that kind of age group. Right. Uh, most of the steelhead we're catching in the spring are, are two-and-a-half-year-old fish. We mm -hmm. catch three-and-a-half-year-old fish, which are, are larger fish, of course. But those two-and-a-half-year-old fish are those bright silver fish that are from 18 to 22 inches or so. Mm -hmm. The meat is just primo orange, you know. They're great to eat. They've been eating all winter. They peck away its uh, emerald shiners all winter. So they're like a fat, sassy, really good-looking quality filet in that mm -hmm. spring period. So when you get done there, you head up to Wilson. Uh, that's a, When do you get up to Wilson? That's going to be around that third, third week of April okay. into the fourth week. This year, we're planning on going to the King of the Lake Tournament the last weekend in April, which now we're post-COVID, all that. So the regulations have lifted. So we plan on doing uh, the King Salmon tournament up there, the King of the Lake. And uh, I have charters the weekend before that okay. out of Wilson. And then we're going to be fishing for kings, if there's kings around, which there might be this year because of the, the, the mild winter we've had. Mm -hmm. You know, kings would be plan A, coho, plan A and B. Uh, browns would probably be plan C. Uh, for those early trips out of Wilson. All right, so you get up there in April. Um, when do when do those kings move in? Now that's a that bite out of Wilson. You know, you're just off the Niagara Bar. You're just east of that. Uh, what point does do the kings really start coming? So if somebody wanted to come up and book a trip and, and go after some kings up there, when's the best time to do that? Well, the last last couple of years have been early. That last last weekend in April, uh, I fished the last two years. And it was pretty much bonsai king fishing mm -hmm. right out of the gate last weekend of April, which typically had been a, it typically been a little later, like that first week of May. We're starting to get those kings, but you know things are changing. Like this year again, we have a mild winter. Uh, there might be kings swimming around mid-April this year, right. all along the whole lake, all all along a good part of that Lake Ontario shoreline. You know, Lake Erie's wide open for the most part, which in the past Lake Erie has created this invisible ice water barrier coming to the Niagara River, which mm -hmm. has traditionally kept a lot of the kings on the Canadian side, which is the west side of that Niagara River. It almost made it this invisible wall mm -hmm. that when those kings started to come out of that deep water, they started to come in the shallow water, look and eat, you know, things are happening. A lot of them always went to that west side of the river in traditional winters. That means Lake Erie was ice covered, we had very cold water, icebergs coming down, you know, that March, February, March period. And so those kings kind of stayed penned up over there and made for some really good fishing. Now with the advent of these warmer winters or lack of ice, these kings are coming into Canada too, but they're also coming right to the bar. They're coming in as far as uh, Oswego a few times. Like they had kings in their harbor in uh late April, early May, when we had these mild winters. So the rules change when we don't have a traditionally hard winter. Yeah, so you can see a very different season this year than, than what I think people typically think about. So um, 
what what do you think the um, how do you think anglers should kind of change up their strategies when they're out there fishing, knowing that the elements, the things that they're going to be facing, and the things that these fish are experiencing is going to be very different than what they typically see. Be prepared. Be prepared. We we could be catching kings in 150 foot of water right out of the gate. Yeah. Okay. Versus you know 50 or 60 foot of water. You know, and a lot of guys aren't going to have their boats ready by that end of April. So you're going to have the guys putting those boats in towards the beginning of May. Unless you're the tournament guys fishing that, that tournament. Mm-hmm. Guys are going to start trickling in May. And you're going to have this this two-week advance, perhaps, where, like, and typically they're used to going out in 40 feet and setting their program out, right? And then going from there, 40, 50, 60, right? They might be blasting out to 150 foot out of the gate by then, fishing deeper water. So what I mean, be prepared is basically be prepared to have your you know your your diver programs, your your lead core programs, your deeper weighted steel programs already engaged beginning of the the season. All right, we just got a question coming in, and he he wants you to spill the beans already. He's just going flat out right out. Captain Pete, what are your top ten king salmon spoon colors? The Lake Ontario Kings in the summer. I see, he's looking at his notes. Uh, I gotta go. He knew this you know, one was coming. See, I'm prepared. See, I got, I got a whole list. There's just so many. There's just so many good spoons out there that you know you, and they're all hot. Some yeah. are hot at the beginning of the year. Some are hot this year. They won't be next year. So, they go out of fashion. It's like clothing, right? I, this, remember, I just said you got to be prepared. Yep. So I was prepared. So I have my answers already. Pre- I'm prepared. Yeah. So some of my top spoons. Would be uh, the Martell. Actually, we'll call it the Chartel family. We got the Martell, which okay. is a green. We have the Chartel, and we have the Pertel. All three of those are great go-to spoons for me. Whether they're from Slims to DWs to Mags, uh, we have the forty-second spoon. We have the original Carbon fourteen spoon, which is a good morning, late, day spoon. Uh, we have a spoon called a Rambler. Okay, in a white back and silver back. It's a black spoon with crushed orange and glow tape with either a silver or white back. Really consistent spoon. And we have the uh, a couple of new ones, or the UV Ale Wipes is a good spoon Dreamweaver came out with. Okay. That was a good spoon last year. We have uh, the Two Face, which has been hot as a firecracker uh, some years. A couple years it's been off. We have a spoon called the Moon Cricket. Uh, those latter two have been really good morning spoons or deep water spoons for me. And uh, those are, and we have a black UV. It's just a na- very natural finished spoon. Those are all, you know, I, I hang my spoons in the spoon bucket. Mm-hmm. They're all on deck, ready to go. So those are some of my faves. So I got to ask you a question. So you, you talked about a spoon there that was going really good for two years, and now it's not. So what happened? Did all the fish that like that color just get killed and now they're not around? I say that facetiously, but like, how, how does a spoon go from a hot spoon to not a hot spoon? Are you married? I am married. Does your wife always like the same set of shoes every day? Or is she like, does she like to go and shop for a different set of, you know, maybe reds or something? Right. And she that's her go-to set of shoes for that season. And she kind of, the other ones fade in the past. I think it's kind of like that. Really, I do. I, that's that's my comparative analysis for that. Okay. Aside from that, that was a little joke, but 
that's one of the mysteries that keep the whole fishing game kind of neat. It's right. like, how can a spoon be like dynamite? Like put them on every rod, go to every day to like, it's a dud, mm-hmm. you know, the next season or two, right? right? It's just, we, we call them one hit wonders. That one I mentioned, the Two-Face was not a one hit wonder, um, but it was, you know, red hot for two seasons. And then it, then it kind of faded uh, an average mm-hmm. spoon for us. And good. we wonder why. Right. It's a good question. Yeah. I will say maybe you know water clarity changes and the, and the reflection and the way those spoons look change. I would I guess that would be my scientific answer. I don't know if it's right or not, but you know maybe just little differences in just the way the light's hitting it based on what's going on in the water. Or maybe you know you have a year where you've got a little more haze in the sky or something. In the water. In the, in the I don't think that's different. it. I think you're zero for three. All right. I just don't think that's it. I I, I don't. You're the expert. Well, we. Well, we're the expert, but we don't have all the answers. And um, no, it, that's one of the mysteries is why why you can go from red hot to uh, a lukewarm spoon with all things being the same, watercolor being the same. You know, we're, we're fishing the same species of fish, uh, same light conditions, like you kind of alluded to, mm-hmm. and it's just it becomes an average or uh, a not so good spoon all of a sudden. It happens on Lake Erie, too, yep. no, not just Lake Ontario. Yeah, so when we first sat down, you know, it was taking forever for questions to pop up. As soon as someone asked what your top ten spoons were, the questions went crazy. So we got some <laughs> questions here. I like this one because I like eating. So let's go with this one. Uh, this is from Corey at XTR Fishing. He says, Captain Pete, if you could only eat one trout the rest of your life, what would it be? A brown trout. Brown trout? All right, now I'm going to throw in another thing. What if we can add the salmons in there as well? Does it change, or are you still going brown trout? Brown trout. Still brown trout. I'm going against the grain. All right, I like it. All right, how about one here from Rob Ferguson? Rob wants to know uh, your thoughts on running flasher slash meat versus spoons on longline copper. This is usually I run spoons. Can you run the meats and flash fly? We run... Uh, Flashers and flies and flashers and meat on our long lines. Mm-hmm. Just the same as a spoon. Okay. Absolutely. All right. Now, Patrick's going to get back to uh, what we were talking about before. He says, uh, do you have a depth, sky condition, time of day, or sea conditions these spoons relate to? That's a great question. Uh, we constantly change our, our lineup. You know, I call it A team, B team, C team. So we, we usually start with our morning spread of that'd be the a team low light spoons with glows a lot of high biz colors that'd be a team now as the, as the day wears on the sky conditions change we routinely go in and start crap canning those spoons unless it's it still fires but more often than not those the a team starts to fizzle then we'll go to the b team the b team is chosen based on sky conditions how deep of water we might be fishing uh, is it is it sunny? Is it overcast still? So we'll start pulling those baits off in the morning and start selectively changing those out mm-hmm. according to the conditions that are upon us. All right. So you're changing things out. It's a bright, sunny day. How, how will those spoons change from what you ran in the morning under low light conditions to now we've got the sun up? We, we'll start going to a lot of chromes, a lot of chrome back spoons. We'll tone down on the glows. We'll tone on uh, tone down on those spoons that maybe don't look as natural, mm-hmm. in our opinion, uh, not as gaudy. And we'll go to more more of a natural, your typical blacks, greens for salmon, some purples. Um, 
and get out of those early high-vis glow back, glow tapes, glow everything colors. All right, we've been talking about kind of early season stuff, and I think that's what a lot of people are, are focused on right now just because they've got early season staring them in the face. But what does that Wilson fishery look like as the year kind of progresses through? You know, those fish in a, in a typical year, it starts hot and heavy, typical year. And then uh, it'll slowly, those fish will slowly start breaking up and migrating down the lake. They'll go along the shoreline. Some will go offshore and start migrating down the lake. So from, from a red hot bunched up fishery, you know, a lot of fish in one area, it starts to it starts to fizzle out where we got to fish a little harder, maybe fish a little longer to catch those fish, but it slowly starts to fade and you know reality sets back in and we got to work for the fish eventually. Yeah, and that's just primarily because they start to disperse down that lake. They follow the temperature, they follow their migratory patterns, and uh, we go from a lot of fish to you know a good amount of fish, but you know we got to work a little harder and they start spreading out. Yeah. you know you might have fish. In 60 to 120, you might have fish from 120 to 350 in the spring, actually. You have like two bands of fish at times, inside and outside. So a guy like you who takes a lot of notes, is really prepared. <laughs> do you like that? Do you like it when the fishing gets hard? Is that fun for you? I do, Yeah. except in tournaments. Except in Sometimes tournaments. I don't like it on tournaments when we get that curveball, when I'm not prepared. Right. But day in and day out, I think uh, I would rather have it tougher bite than a bonsai bite mm -hmm. that's all you like the challenge i like the challenge that wraps up this episode thanks to pete alex for joining the show and thanks for listening thanks for listening to the great lakes fishing podcast presented by fishhawk electronics for more information on fishing the great lakes visit our blog at fishhawkelectronics.com